Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to this show, which is Beyond Synth, and I'm your host, Andy Last. Today is another chiptune special. So we had fun uh, last time we did the chiptune special. We had uh, Zabutom on the show, and uh, we played lots of chiptunes, and we're going to do the same thing today, except I am chatting with Salsa, which is Z-A-L-Z-A, another dude from Sweden. So it's like we're having a Sweden special this month, because last week we had Robert Parker on the show, who is also Swedish. We love the Swedes over here at Beyond Synth. Anyway, today we're going to listen to some cool chiptune music uh maybe i'll do a little quick catch up with retro revolutions and then we'll have a, a good time so how about how about we get the show started with some music here's a cool one from Chipzel, and uh, this is hope and in brackets alpha
And that was Hope Alpha. And I'm doing brackets with my hands, but you can't see them. And that was by Chipzell. She's cool and... Uh, Go check out the band camp, man. She's got uh, lots of stuff on there. And, like, I was listening to the... I think it's the newest uh, album she put out, and it's really interesting. It's not totally chiptune, but it uh, it had lots of neat sounds in it. I should have her on the show sometime. And I would like to acknowledge... Russ Nyes, because Russ Nyes, you know, people donate, they support uh, Beyond Synth on Patreon, and Russ Nyes has upgraded his support. So thanks, dude, uh, for supporting the show. You're a cool guy. And I would also like to acknowledge Pattern Shift. Go check out Pattern Shift on Bandcamp, because that dude makes some cool music. Pattern Shift at Bandcamp. Maybe I'll uh, do a quick uh, chat with him at some point. I gotta have a quick chat with everybody, man. That's what's going on. Hey, the, I got a message on the answering machine. Remember when people were calling me and leaving messages on the answering machine? <laughs> Is that still a thing? <laughs> hey, here we go. Hi, Andy. It's uh, David, Englishman in Texas. Can you, for me, ask Le Cassette when they're going to bring out new music and if they are ever going to bring out any new music? And, uh, yeah, keep the keep up the good work with the show. I'm listening from Dallas, Texas every week. I'm from London, moved here with my lovely wife, Jordan, and our little English bulldog, Phoebe. Yeah, so look forward to the next show, Andy, and uh, say hello to Marco for us as well. Cheers. Bye. All right, Dave. Well, here's the deal. I don't know what I can say, really, because they haven't really officially said, but um, all I will say is don't hold your breath for any new look set in the near future. I think, you know, when they released that teaser last year, <laughs> whenever the hell that was for that song, to be honest, I don't even know if that song is finished. So, you know how it is, life gets in the way. And uh, I think they intended to release that song, but then stuff got in the way and they're all having life stuff. You know, life. But uh, who knows? Maybe we'll actually catch up with Lucaset later on in the season. Remember in the old days on Beyond Synth when we used to have Lucaset Christmases for the first three seasons of Beyond Synth? It'd be fun to do that again. Maybe that's in the works. But anyways, Dave, thanks for the call and much love to Jordan and Phoebe and Dave the Englishman in Texas. Uh, how about we listen to some more uh, cool chip tunes, man? Here's a cool one from Binster. Sorry, I still don't get the distinction. There's this guy. He's he's called Binster, but also M Pegasus, which is a great name. And uh, some of the music is released as Binster slash M Pegasus, and I'm not sure what the distinction is. If M Pegasus is more chip tuney, or if they're both. Anyway, the bottom line is it's Binster slash M Pegasus. This was from an album live at the Center for Computing History, 2016, and this one's called "Ain't Nobody." featuring Dream Track, and it's just got some fun uh, speech synthesis vocals that uh, <laughs> that I enjoy. So check it out, man. Say, so, anyone in the audience like Ain't Nobody by Taka Khan? Yeah. yeah. Better give it to you. <laughs> oh, by the way, the guy who did the vocals for this is in the audience. It's Ollie over there. Give a wave. <laughs> <laughs>
And that was Ain't Nobody featuring Dream Track by Binster slash M Pegasus. Maybe we're allowed to choose. Can we choose? Can we just say that's Binster? Anyway, I like the... Sometimes there's this thing about speech synthesis vocals. I don't know what it is. They get in my head. It's funny. But look, uh, it's good stuff. And go check it out. And that, of course, was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. There's Jacob Wick with the 4488. And in the $25 club, there's Clint Dowling, Joey and Kendra, and Chris Williams. You people are awesome. And thank you very much for supporting Beyond Synth. If you want to, you know, support the show too, man, because you're like, hey, man, this show is fucking cool. Uh, I want to support it. You can go to patreon.com slash beyond synth. So what's been going on this week? It's been a weird week. Although I do feel a little bit calmer lately because uh, I run blockers basically on Facebook and Twitter. I run extensions that block the, um, the homepage and on Twitter it blocks all the trending topics because I used to get really upset <laughs> whenever I would see things trending and then I'd I'd click on them and be like, what am I doing to myself? Like, I just kept on getting really aggravated. So I blocked them all. And uh, I'm a lot happier for it. <laughs> you should do it too, man. It, uh, it really helps. But this week was... This week in history was... Uh, Ernie and Bert from Sesame Street, uh, people were uh, talking about them being gay because the original writer was gay, but then Frank Oz came in, who sort of created the character of Bert, and he's like, no, they're not gay, but it's cool, like, whatever you want to think, and then there's all these people on Twitter, like, arguing with Frank Oz, and all I can say about this, because I need to have a, I need to have a serious discussion with somebody about representation in, in Hollywood and television and stuff like that, because I, I feel like I don't fully understand, I, I want to talk to people who know about this topic so I can sort of understand it better myself. Because from my point of view, it's like, yeah, man, it's it's totally cool to, to have more diverse casts and people of different backgrounds because it just allows you to tell more stories from more points of view. It just makes sense. W- what I don't understand is when they, like, take old characters and change them. That's the one that I don't get, and I, I haven't... I haven't really talked to anybody about why that's important, so I don't really know what to say about it. I will say this, for all the people who are super excited about the idea that Ernie and Bert are gay, understand that you are endorsing an abusive relationship, (laughs) because... Like, one of my favorite, like, Ernie and Bert skits from, like, the 70s, Ernie takes all of Bert's clothes, puts him on a snowman, and leaves him out in the cold. Like, (laughs) that's an abusive relationship, man. One time, Ernie pulled Bert's nose off so he could finish a sculpture he was making of Bert. He ran out of clay, and so he took Bert's real nose and put it on the the statue to finish it. So, I don't know if this is the sort of relationship we should be encouraging. (laughs) All, all that bugged me was the disrespect leveled at Frank Oz. Like, people just talking on him on Twitter like he's just some college professor you're arguing with or something. I'm like, the dude is, like, one of the best puppeteers of our time. Like, it was him. It was him and Jim Hansen. And people are arguing with him about, like, the character he created. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was just so weird. It was like, where's the respect for this guy? Like, the fucking Yoda. What are you doing? I don't know. I just, I don't know. I feel like I I don't like seeing that because it's like people have no respect for the people who actually, like, for, for creative people who actually created these things. And if they have opinion on the things they created... Uh, it seems weird to argue with them about it. Like, I wouldn't do that. Anyway, whatever, man. Show some damn respect, all right, to Grover. He played Grover, right? <laughs> anyway, let's listen to some more music, and uh, we'll do the do. Do the do? 
Craig, have you guys ever drank Mountain Dew? Well, this is a fucking chiptune episode. If I get listeners who are actually people who went to demo parties and stuff, I'm sure there was a lot of Mountain Dew consumed. Oh, that drink is so gross. Here's a cool track from Excise, X-Y-C-E. I think I messaged the dude and said, how do you say this? And he told me, and now I forgot. <laughs> I'm not very professional. I think it's Excise, X-Y-C-E. Or maybe it's like Xice, like that. Xice. Anyway, here's a cool track called Metal Mod featuring Wickland. That was Metal Mod featuring Wickland by Xice. 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 <laughs> it's not, it's just one word. I don't know. I'm <laughs> that one's fun. It reminds me of those old crack tros uh, from back in the day. So that's why I dug that track. And that, of course, was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Mike Shima. Christian James, Emilio Astavez, Chris Dance, and Gregorio Franco. Thank you for supporting the show. So, how about this? Let's go do a little quick catch-up with Retro Revolutions. 
All right, it's time for a Retro Revolution Minute. I should probably say a Retro Revolution, like, three minute, but whatever. Uh, I'm here with Jared from Retro Revolutions. Hey, Gowan, Andy. I'm doing well, man. So last week, you sort of explained the channel, uh, what you do over there, modding old consoles and making new things and stuff like this. Now, you just encountered a, like, ridiculous setback, right, with your Atari build? Yeah, I was about 90% complete, uh, consoleizing an Atari Lynx, which is a handheld system, and... Um, doing a lot of tinkering with it and I um, accidentally dropped some solder across the, the microchip which drives the whole thing and blew the whole thing to pieces so I had to spend $600 to get one rush Jesus from England <laughs> so <laughs> yes I've got a deadline because this has got to be a pack this is one I think that we probably talked about it on the show during one of the Retro Revolutions plugs. So you're turning an Atari Lynx into a console version by taking, like, the insides out of the Lynx and putting it into, like, an Atari body? Is that what you were doing? Yeah, man. So we're, we're taking the handheld aspect of it and completely turning it consoleized. So traditionally, the Lynx never had a video output and it uh, never had a controller input or anything like that. So we're basically making it like you would have a PlayStation or whatever. You plug it into your TV and go. So opening the whole library up so you can just play them on the TV in HDMI, so it's pretty good. Works with one TV. So by pouring the solder on like the wrong... Like pouring the solder. <laughs> but by getting solder on the chip... Yeah, like when you, you just pour it on like a jug and it's yeah. done. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, like when you say, like, did it actually like spark and shit? Yeah, yeah. Like a bang and then a bit of a microchip flew across the room and you can't put that back in. And because it's from the 1980s, you can't just go and buy another one. <laughs> so you just... <laughs> You got to, um, you know, sift through the internet and find another one of these pieces of retro tech. It was pretty heartbreaking, to be honest. And there was no other like Atari Lynx in Australia. Like it had to come from England. There was one, and it was in non-working order. One of my mates actually sent it to me. He said, "If you can get it going, man, it's all yours. Just pay the postage." And I'm like, "Okay." And we couldn't get it going, so I had to go down the other route because this has to be ready by mid-October. It's going to be in the PAX Gaming Expo in the retro retro exhibit yeah you can go up and play it it'll be in a glass case who's putting on that display australian retro gamer magazine and a few other pretty decent channels are doing some articles on it and stuff and there'll be like a bit of an article written up on it when it's finished and you can come and play it and then it's going to a collector when it's finished but commission me to build it some weird wealthy oil baron no 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 it's one of those uh basement dwelling grandma's boys Mm. Yeah, I hear a lot about those guys. Without much pocket money, but huge passion. <laughs> well, that's cool, man. Well, listen, it was good talking to you. People should go check out uh, Retro Revolutions uh, on YouTube. Mm. And uh, what else? They can follow you on Instagram and see yeah, what... Yeah, and if anyone's got any music they want shoved on the show, just send them over my way. You can um, get me on uh, Twitter or Instagram pretty easily under the same name. Find me. Always interested in uh, playing some good tunes. Awesome, man. Well, it was good talking to you, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, thanks, man. Catch you later. All right, and that was Jared from Retro Revolutions. Always fun having a little catch up with him. Uh, that, of course, uh, that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters uh, in the fifteen dollar club: Action Jackson, Ken Jeru, Hampus ML, and. Chatterack with the fourteen ninety five makes my show feel like it's a hair dryer or something. Um, look, let's listen to another track, man. Here's a cool one from Big Giant Circles from the Pocket Mine soundtrack. I think that was a game. I'm assuming. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, I do my research. Uh, anyway, this is Big Giant Circles with the track Inverted Vertigo.
was Inverted Vertigo by Big Giant Circles from the Pocket Mine soundtrack. And that's a cool song. I dig that. And that, of course, was brought to you uh, by my lovely Patreon supporters. Of course, we will never forget the immortal Chris Elia Lane. But uh, there's also other cool people like Atom Force and Sebastian Ante. And of course, Fraser Davidson, who helps me out by keeping track of all the songs I play on this show and puts it in a nice little chart for me. And every so often, I remember to look at that chart because, again, I am disorganized. So what's been going on? I'm, I'm almost finished watching all the Star Trek episodes that Florence told me to watch. So we're going to do a Star Trek show in a few weeks. We haven't actually recorded it yet, so... You know, it's, it's coming, and uh, I've enjoyed it, so we'll, uh, that should be a fun show. I actually watched a bunch more episodes that uh, she didn't tell me to watch, and some dude called Anthony keeps messaging me and telling me to watch more episodes, so we'll see. I might not be able to get to all of those, but uh, hey, man, I'll try. And uh, I'm also going to be adding some new segments to the show, so there's going to be a few new voices coming on the show to do recurring segments. I guess maybe I'll announce those next week? Yeah, we'll announce those next week, but it's uh, it's good. It's some former guests who are on this season, but that people mentioned that they enjoyed their episodes, and I thought, well, maybe there's a way I can bring them back on a regular basis, and so uh, we're going to do that. So we'll get uh, another lady on the show and another dude on the show, and uh, and hopefully you guys dig that. This is like a teaser. Do you like teasers? I just watched one for the new uh, season of Doctor Who, and it was uh, interesting. Isn't it weird when you have a thing that you like and then the producers just decide to aim at a completely different demographic and you're just like, what? Like, they did this Doctor Who trailer and it was like playing like contemporary pop music in the trailer and it was just like, what is this? It just was, it just felt so weird. I mean, obviously they've made a bunch of changes to the show, but that was like the biggest, weirdest one. It was just like, this this weird trailer. Yeah, whatever. This is me being a nerd. Let's listen to some more music. Uh, here is a cool song from Aethernaut. This is Future Strut.
And that was Future Strut by Aethernaut. That is how you say that, right? God, I don't know how to say anything. <laughs> I shouldn't have a job where you talk. This is not a job. I don't know why I just did that. Slip of the tongue. Because <laughs> if this is a job, uh, I would fire myself. Anyway, that was brought to you by my lovely uh, Patreon supporters uh, and the $10 Club, Elias Garnier, Digital Dreams, Justin Armour, Polly Digital, Sarah Buchelman, Andrew... Buchelman... <laughs> <laughs> Today's not the day. <laughs> you know what your last name is. Buchelman! And uh, if you want to help support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth. So, we are going to chat with Salsa... In just a bit, maybe we'll listen to one more song. Oh, what's that? I hear... There's a blood moon rising! That's right, everybody. It's time for the donation of the beast! This is the donation of the beast. Alright guys, every few weeks, man, it's totally random. The blood moon rises, and this is where we thank all the people who donate triple six, six dollars and sixty-six cents to Beyond Synth. That's right. There's Luke BTD, Renton Brax, Love Machines from Ix, Alexandro Samaras, Street Cleaner, Paninaro. Have I read that one before? Thanks, buddy, for your support. Moose Nux, Ross Pentland, Carm, Tomas Shimanek, Straylight, Orlando, Rodriguez Naif, Rob Dyson, and Till Wild. The Blood Moon has risen. Thank you very much for you guys supporting Beyond Synth with the triple six. The Mark of the Beast. <laughs> I'm sure anyone listening to this show for the first time is like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Let's listen to one more track. This one is awesome. This is boss music. If I ever heard it, it's by Petroform from the album Cross Section. And this is E.T.P.
And that was ETP by Petroform from the album Cross Section. And that is some boss fighting music right there, man. If you like fighting bosses. And uh, now it's brought to you by my lovely uh, Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. Andrew Benson, The Patch Bay, Colin Bennett, Rachel Buchelman, Monkey Magics, and Lucas Ceballos. Thanks uh, for supporting the show. Now, let's go all the way to Sweden and chat with salsa all right well i'm here with okay how do you say it how do you pronounce it yeah yeah okay okay so it's salsa 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 it's like the sauce spicy salsa sauce you know yeah but it's with cells instead so i always have to explain it i mean this name has been stuck with me since i was like 15 years old mm-hmm. uh, my friend thought it was really cool and at that time and uh, I already started releasing tracks at that time as well so I, I'm, I'm stuck with it is, is that the way Zeds are pronounced in Sweden like with an S sound yeah it is so we, we say like S for for Zed it sounds the same when you say it in Sweden so right because I, I did a show with uh, Sabutum yeah yeah the chiptune artist and that's the way he said it too like because we say Zed right so we would say Zabutum like that's how I would want to say it <laughs> yeah yeah and then when he pronounced it he, he said it with an S sound like a Sabutum dumb like that he's great by the way his music is great yeah no it's pretty cool but look we're not going to talk about him we're going to talk about you (laughs) like i've decided to do a few of these sort of chiptune themed shows Mm -hmm. but the weird thing is when i first discovered your music it was the album out of memory yeah yeah and it's more i mean you still have chiptune sounds in there but it's pretty synth wavy too like that album's great we're gonna talk about it later thanks uh yeah i mean i always wanted to go into the synth scene i noticed that there were a lot of active synthwave musicians uh, having discussions and I I found some new very great music and I was inspired and uh, I thought that I want to do something similar. I love it. I'm like, I'm a fan of 80s synth themes. Uh, in the US, it seems to be like a whole scene of people that are digging this kind of music. So I thought, okay, I want to be a part of this. This is really cool. So that, that's how I went into starting making Out of Memory. Right. Also with Out of Memory, I, w- I wanted to do something. I had something in mind that I, I want to like, I want to bring forward uh, computers somehow as I'm a computer nerd since uh, a long way back Hmm. but I want to do some tribute album that highlights computers right like the early age of computers like the yeah commodore and these things exactly all, all computers uh, even from the 70s 80s 90s as i grew up in the late 80s uh, early 90s uh, i also was a part of that you know the change uh, where computers became really powerful uh, quickly <laughs> from having no memory at all to having like a bunch of RAM memory and you know CPU that was clocked CPU. I always worked with old computers when I I was uh, younger because I didn't have money enough to afford uh, really, you know, the newest all the time. I don't didn't have any in the family that were interested in computers all. So uh, I found my computers through, you know, through friends who all also 
were in the computer scene and from there the interest in computers started for me and uh, that's also the background to this album. Well we're going to um, talk about it a bit later in the show so you're sort of like mm-hmm. kind of a hybrid act because even though this is sort of a chiptune themed show we're going to start by playing some of your older you know chiptune related music and then build up to Out of Memory which is a fucking wicked album like there's some tracks on here with some really <laughs> fucking catchy uh, choruses and stuff like it's good stuff it's synth wavy but you're still using chiptune sounds in it yeah 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 I tried to stay true to my original style mm-hmm. the real like vintage game music sound it's like the soul of the album but uh, the, it comes out in like synth uh, leads and stuff instead sounding a little bit similar but using uh, more and more advanced productions yeah I gotcha well how about this let's listen to a track yeah. this is an older one I don't know was back to Chipland was that an album you made at one time or was that like a collection of songs you had built up till that point yeah so it was a collection of, of tracks built up to that point the name of it came from because I the first a ship tune I ever released at the computer party. I called it Back to the Ship Town. Okay, cool. Well, let's, uh, here's one. I don't know how to say this word, but this was a track I dug. It's called like Carlix Mums or something. How do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, to, to like translate it, it's like Shalix Mums and it's uh, Shalix Mums? Yeah. It's a cake. <laughs> it's a Swedish cake. So, uh, the name was like, my friend had a dream. <laughs> And he told me when I was at the supermarket and he said that, hey, you need to buy this cake because I dreamt about it and uh, I made a song for him. <laughs> it's, it's a true story. Well, let's uh, let's listen to this one, man. Yeah, listen to it. So, Charlex Mums, like that? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, 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 
Okay, and that was Charlex Mums by Salsa. Is that correct? Am I saying any of this correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you were doing you're doing fine. You're doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> and you are uh, Alexander, correct? I don't think I said your name. Yes, yes. So my name is really a normal name, Alexander. Is that like a typical Swedish name to have? No, I think it's just like international name. Works everywhere. And uh, my original name is uh, actually Alessandro because I'm uh, partly Italian in my youth. I grew up in uh, in Italy, in Taormina. Okay. So my mom always called me Sandro, uh, Alessandro, short for Alessandro. In Sweden, my you know the name on the my passport was Alexander, so it was Swedish. So how did you first get into the chiptune stuff? Hold on, my daughter is trying to climb on my desk. What are you doing here? <laughs> she wants to join. All right, you, you want to ask Salsa a question? Come here. All right, can you say can you say chiptune? Say chiptune. Chip? Oh. <laughs> You're not very good at this, are you? You said chip, right? I heard more like corn. Okay, corn. Hey, can you say chip? Can you say chip? Can you say tune? Two good glass. Okay, good. All right, get out of here. <laughs> no, this is you're not helping. I'm trying to ask important questions. So, how did you get started, uh, or how did you find the chip the chip tune scene? It's sorry, she's just gonna. <laughs> How did you find the chiptune scene? Because I've been learning a bit I'm about the. T- I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to just. I'm going to ignore it and just go on with your question. Well, because it seems. It's. Go away! You're supposed to be sleeping. I schedule my interviews so that you'll be sleeping. I, I had friends uh, who were computer enthusiasts. We started to hang out and they showed me a program on, on the computer where you could create music. And uh, from there, uh, that was the first time I saw like that you can do music on a uh, computer with a tracker program mm-hmm. where you put in each note manually and you have several tracks and you use the computer keyboard to play uh, the sounds and to put in uh, the notes in to make the groove and then make everything else. Uh, so yeah, that's where I started out. Uh, they showed me a little bit. This is the, like the basics of it. Then I set it up on my computer at home and started testing out uh, how to uh, compose something. For me, it was like really early internet time where you like connected to a database, like a BBS, where you like called up with uh, a modem via the phone line and then... Uh, downloading uh, files from there. There I found a lot of like classic chiptune music like uh, Format for example or uh, also Lizard King was like a Swedish chiptune uh, musician uh, that, uh, that was releasing a lot of stuff on Amiga. So I found a lot of stuff there uh, and I learned from how other people compose their music because you could always in a tracker program, you can always see how the track looks. <laughs> so you could just, from the look of it, get a sense of like how you 
do the same thing yourself. So when did you make your first like track? I must have been like 14, 15 years old. The first music I made was like Euro techno, really like dance music or, you know, electronic, more clubbish music. I think it was because it was simple to do. You just uh, put in a beat, bam, 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 and then you build on that. But then when I downloaded these uh, shit tunes, uh, I was like astounded first like number one how can they make something sound so good from these like simple sounds uh, it was like a sine wave a square wave uh, a very short bass like did and from that they looped the sounds and they uh, created like a sound landscape from it and and use all the different tracks available and just put it all together and it sounded like really big mm -hmm. and from that I was like wow that's cool I want to do the same thing uh, as I was hanging out with my friends uh, who were in the demo scene computer scene and they I went with them like all around in Sweden and also uh, to Germany and, and other places Denmark to these demo parties or computer parties um, and uh, it became a, a community where you met each other you drank Coca-Cola and you were up all night. They were programmers programming a like a 3D landscape thing uh, where they needed music to sync with it. And um, I said, okay, I can make the music. What do you need? And they said, okay. And then we just made it for fun. And uh, I mean, it was an experience uh, and I grew up with it. And that's the base of how I like evolved in this because uh, I always had stuff to do. We're always some project where I could jump in and be part of a group of people composing. And uh, also like the great people who like really endorsed me and helped me to release stuff for other groups and so on in the demo scene. Yeah. You know, they gave me pointers on what to do and how to compose and so on and you know it was amazing let's listen to some more music here and then we'll and we'll keep talking about this cool. i like learning about this demo scene i feel like i'm i'm learning right now <laughs> and uh and we'll listen to a track and then while that track is playing <laughs> i'm gonna put my daughter to bed <laughs> because <laughs> yeah uh, she's going crazy you... today i love that she won't be this vocal and then the second i start recording she climbs out of her crib and then walks into where i'm recording and then just starts singing to herself so but i think like she like heard something strange like ship tune and then she just yeah. walked, <laughs> yes, I... you know towards the sound what the hell is that and then <laughs> Yeah, maybe she's also really interested in the demo scene. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, here's a cool track that I dug. Uh, this is also in Back to Chipland. I think it says Jan and Esther. Is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like two really typical Swedish names. So wait, is it Jan then? Janne is the one and Esther Janne. is the other one. And I, Janne and Esther. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some of the titles are like, they're, they're just for fun. And then we can let the mus music speak from it. <laughs>
right. And that was Yana and Esther, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> by, by Salsa. <laughs> like, and I'm here with Salsa right now. Alexander or Alessandro. What did your mom call you? She called me like Sandro. Sandro. It's like short for Sandro. Yes, yes. Uh, Sandro. I, I really hate it. Oh. <laughs> I hated that when I was grow, grew up. I was like, don't call me Sandro, please. And uh, she was very sad every time I said, don't call me Sandro. But when I was, when I got like 20 years old or something, they, they stopped calling me. <laughs> they stopped calling me Sandro. They called me Alex. They called me Alex, like, you know, in a way that they're not very pleased with it, but it's, they say yeah. it anyway. <laughs> So when the demo scene, like, first propped up, I mean, like, how did you guys initially start deciding to do these, like, meetups? Like, how did that work? I mean, I, I know it was going on for a while, but I mean, like, how did you get wind of it? Like, who planned them? Like, how did that work? In that time, it was, like, people that who were joining these uh, BBS uh, bulletin board systems or went online somehow. They knew the ones who were posting things online and where to find information, like, what is happening. Or there were, like, websites online early early on like where they uh, were posting everything about the scene they call the demo scene the scene so it's like scene.net for example or also a website poets.net where if you release something at a computer party a demo party you posted it on poet.net and then everyone could comment on it and uh, you know give you the thumbs up or thumbs down or you know so I think from sites like that and then also at that time, like early on, they put up websites for each party, and uh, people in the demo scene community in that city, they all went to that party in that city, and then people from other cities in Sweden, for example. So we went from I was in Helsingborg, and then uh, I went to Gothenburg, and people in Stockholm went to Gothenburg, and. People in Gothenburg went to Stockholm and we met the same people in different parties in different cities. Uh, and uh, the same was in, in Europe, like in, in Denmark, in, in uh, Germany, and in France and so on. So it has been really like spread around Europe. And I think that in the US, um, many people are now like still finding out about the demo scene. Or what is it? You know, I know uh, an artist called Skettle uh, contacted me once saying that, hey, you know, what is the demo scene? Please let me know. I want to be a part of it. Like, these are a lot of words that I've heard over the years, but never fully understood exactly like what was going on. But from your point of view, you were in it for the music. Like, is that correct? Like, it was the music that interested yeah, you? Yeah, I was totally in it for the music. I like like watching you know the 3D demos and you know they connect the, like Amigas and Commodore 64s and you know it was amazing amazing things you saw which you never seen before mm -hmm. but I was in there mostly uh, for the music because I wanted to I wanted to find my platform the first time I released a track where people were like applauding <laughs> listening to my tune I was like this is what I want to do. Like, this is this is what I like. I like to make people happy by making something that they like. When I talked to uh, Sabutam, like, he was saying that, you know, because within the demo scene, there were those people that were there, like, they were the programmers who they wanted to make, like, a game or they wanted to make some sort of digital art of yeah. some kind. Like, it, it wasn't necessarily all musicians. It was, like coders doing all sorts of stuff but then it was combined with you know chiptune music and stuff that's what 
made it cool, I guess. Yeah, I think in, in the demo scene also, we, uh, you realized uh, what your strengths were. Like a programmer is coding something really cool, but at the same time, he or she is also a musician and wants to add music to it. It's a big job making both the code and the music and then you could like start distributing the tasks to different people and then have great fun like being a you became a group of people mm -hmm. who always release new stuff and that became your like demo scene name the name of the group you met new people and you had a chance to collaborate with people on a term where it's like no one is gonna win anything more than like credibility <laughs> mm -hmm. like people will like it if it's good people will hate it if it's bad but that's what we do it for we, we're not doing it for like we're not in it for earning anything or selling anything it was like just go there have fun everything Thing you do is free for people to enjoy yeah. they can download it after the party you know and then they can listen to it and enjoy it at home that's the cool thing with it. well let's listen to another track this is a uh, another one i dug yeah this one's called tuborg heaven by salsa
And that was Tuborg Heaven by Salsa. I'm here with Salsa right now, Alexander, or Alex. (laughs) Your sound has sort of morphed over the years. So at first, what sort of software... I mean, you mentioned that you were using trackers, Mm -hmm. but obviously that has to be different now because I don't think trackers could pull off what you're doing in in the latest uh, releases. So like, what has changed over time as far as your process? Yeah, so I started out with trackers like... So I use Fast Tracker 2 as a software uh, on my PC uh, way back because it, it worked with my uh, lousy sound card. I used it and I loved it. I just loved to use it. And then um, it became so old. It wasn't updated anymore and the company made it morphed into something else. And uh, as I joined another a group called Taita, uh, a demo, demo scene group, uh, they were making a clone of this tracker. So I continued using their clone of that tracker and and then um, when I was studying I went to I went to a music school and uh, they used uh, a cubase as a sequencer a MIDI sequencer so I learned uh, cubase as the first like sequencer software I used that a lot and also um, I composed in Cubase and then uh, then uh, most recently now I'm using uh, Logic because it works for me and I went over to Mac uh, mostly because of work and also because of it's easy to use for me mostly so I, I use Logic uh, and it works. Do you create the sort of the chiptune sound still using older stuff and like import them into Logic or are you just using synths to recreate those sorts of noises? Yeah so I, I can use the tracker and then uh, export the audio out and then uh, import it into a sequencer and use it. So, for example, uh, for um, Superposition, uh, a previous album of mine, I, I created everything in a you know old school tracker in that way, and then I exported the audio out and I mastered it and uh, yeah, finalized it in a sequencer after. Right. But then, um, for example, in uh, out of memory, some some sounds are you know exported from a tracker just to get the, the original sound mm-hmm. because it's very very hard to, to replicate the ship tune, the squeaky uh, ship tune sound in a sequencer. Yeah, so sometimes I do that as well. I, I jump back and forth, and you know it's all about the creativity on uh, how where you feel you can make things the best. Well, how about this? I'm gonna listen. We're gonna listen to another song, and then we are gonna keep talking because that is what we do on this show. Uh, I want to move forward now to Superposition because you did mention that, and this was from uh, 2015, and this was a cool track that I dug from this one called "The Lonesome Droid" yeah. by Sasa.
And that was Salsa with the track The Lonesome Droid. And I'm here with Salsa right now talking about making chiptunes and things. What's your inspiration then? When you're doing like chiptune stuff, I mean, like, were you a gamer? Like you said you were into computer stuff, but did you like playing games? Yes, I was a lousy gamer. I grew up with like Nintendo 8-bit mm. console. I played that like 24 hours when I was a kid. I think my game music inspiration comes from there. Like uh, Mega Man, Super Mario, Castlevania. So all the consoles, I, I uh, love it. And I also own like, uh, you know, old school 8-bit Nintendo and several Game Boys. And I love it, but, but I'm not like the hardcore guy that are totally into games. Mm-hmm. If I hear something in a tune, which I think is amazing. I can't get it out of my head. And then I want to learn how, how you do it. And from there, I think there was like a lot of good melodies uh, from the early 90s uh, when games were evolving as well. Not only computers, but like game consoles. Mm-hmm. So from composers of games, I got a lot of inspiration. But mostly then, like when I discovered sheet tunes, I was inspired by other sheet tune musicians. And from there, I like started to learn more from them and uh, how to compose better and better. So, I mean, if I think really like back, like from when I was a kid listening to radio, you know, I really love 80s music. Like, you know, Phil Collins, uh, On I, I remember like I had it on cassette tapes, classic stuff. And uh, also we had like, uh, from a friend I borrowed, like it, it was called Koto Science Fiction's tracks. <laughs> they did like synth covers of like Back to the Future, Terminator, Airwolf, classic uh, 80s soundtracks. Mm-hmm. So I think like the 80s synth stuff really started from the beginning, from old cassette tapes. Also from my mom's <laughs> cassette tape collection, I found some synth music from uh, 70s and 80s. So from there, I think I was inspired from the beginning. And then, I mean, I think that I just realized when I heard like Shift Tune for the first time that I like, I really love that they are so simple, but some in the same time, very complicated. <laughs> it sounds simple, but they're complicated in the composition. It's funny because I have a lot of these classic video game songs that I really love. And, you know, there's lots of people who do covers. And I always think, you know, I'll listen to a cool chiptune track from a video game and go, oh, this would be cool if this was done by an orchestra or whatever. But I'm starting to realize now that I actually also really like the chiptune sounds. Sometimes it's neat to hear an orchestra do Zelda or Mega Man or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's still something I, I still like listening to the original tracks. I used to think it was just about the compositions. And I'm starting to see that for me, it's not. Like, it's not just about the compositions. It is about those sounds. I think for me, it's also about things that gives you nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So listening to uh, you know a whole symphony of Zelda music, Music, I would be bored in the end of the show. I'm sorry to say, even if I'm like a big fan of the style of music, but but like I, I like the original. I don't know. I like it more. Uh, that's just the way it is. I can't can't explain it. But also one thing that I can uh, mention is like when listening to like popular music today, if you decide to make like a cover of like a track that you like today, and you just make it in like pure shit tune sounds, something magical <laughs> starts to happen because. You simplify the track. It sounds more simple in the composition, but it's more like direct. You get the direct sound. You don't have all the slurriness or the 
reverbs and you know all the advanced production and the stereo widening and so on you just have the pure melodies and i think that's something with cheap tune that, that i like it's just direct here it is love it or hate it <laughs> well let's uh, listen to some more here and then we'll move on yeah. so here's another one from superposition this one's called waves of energy by salsa
And that was Waves of Energy by Salsa. And I'm here with Salsa right now. Alexander in Sweden. What's going on in Sweden today? I feel very energized. <laughs> in Sweden, it's like in Stockholm at least, it's very warm. 28 degrees Celsius. So I enjoy it. It's like summer. You can just go out and just enjoy life. It's not always like that in Sweden. <laughs> Yeah, it's been getting hot here, man. I'm in Toronto, and the summers right now are getting... Like, I know people always joke about Canada being really cold, but it's getting hot here in the summers now. A few weeks ago, it was 40 Celsius plus, and with humidity. Like, there was humidity on top of that. And that's insane. Yeah, that's that's rough. That's rough. <laughs> like, that's like you don't go outside weather. We're getting now these summers that are, like, really hot, but also our winter is changing and it's moving. We still had snow in April this year. Yeah, yeah. And that's incorrect. <laughs> like, the snow usually went away in March. We had a rhyme, um, which was... April showers bring May flowers, which is what we say, you know, so it means it rains in April and the flowers come out in May. Yeah. And then this year we had a fucking ice storm in April that literally caused like a thousand car accidents or something. And it basically just turned to winter for like a week. That's that's crazy. And then uh, fucking the next week it goes up to like plus 30. Like it's it's just bonkers. It's like one week it's freezing. Then the next week it's too hot. We don't know how to dress anymore because you don't know what the hell to what kind of coat to put on. It's not the same as it used to be. And uh also in, in Sweden, we used to have like uh, quite stable temperatures and stuff, but uh, uh, now I feel that it goes up a lot and then it becomes really cold in the winter and it's like a long winter and then uh, it takes a while before the summer starts. And yeah, so luckily for me, most of my hobbies are inside because <laughs> I'm not really like into sports or anything. So, you know, regardless of what the weather is, I'm usually playing video games or editing this show or recording this show <laughs> or, you know, I like everything seems to involve inside stuff. When it's really, really hot, I like to go out to get some wind, you know, but yeah. <laughs> get that wind. As I get that wind. Catch the wind. <laughs> As you can imagine, I'm, I'm an in- indoor guy. Yeah. <laughs> As I release stuff quite often so i don't have time to be social with people and stuff so what do you do for fun then man like if you're not really like a gamer and stuff like what happens in uh, in the free time of alexander before i had a f- family i was like you know, i went out with friends and so on in stockholm and uh, but then then now it's like more i'm a more family guy now so i uh I have my my hours where I can spend uh, my time on composing music without making anyone sad or angry. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, (laughs) my free time is like, I go out, grab a couple of beers with friends, you know. I bought like, uh, you know, uh, the classic Super Nintendo console, but the mini, mini, minified version from uh, Nintendo. So I bought that one so now I can sit and play like Street Fighter 2 and get like blisters on my tongue. <laughs> no, but I, I, I always have stuff to do. I love JavaScript programming. So I, uh, yeah, I work on uh, websites and uh, different projects uh, with the React JS and JavaScript. That's really fun for me. And, uh, and then I jump to music uh, like 50-50 right now so um, not much outdoor activity I go for a run now and then my life is like <laughs> get an hour here get an hour here whenever I talk to parents because I got kids I know <laughs> you have kids so like it's the same it's the same story it's like we have to find like uh, 20 minutes here in between people doing other things where you can sort of sneak away and, <laughs> and somehow fit a lot of work into that 20 minutes yeah because uh, it has to all be compressed 
But look, I want to move forward now to Out of Memory because this album is great. It's definitely like a bigger sound than your previous ones. Mm -hmm. And it's filled with some awesome tracks. I had difficulty picking which ones I wanted to play because I think it's pretty solid (laughs) all around. But uh, we're going to listen to a track here called Terminal because it's cool.
And that was Terminal by Salsa. And I'm here with Salsa right now. Hey. So talk to me about Out of Memory, because this one you started incorporating more like kind of synthwave style into your music. There's lots of, like you said, you were talking about honoring classic computing, and there's lots of samples in there of people talking about computers. And yeah. I think there's even a track that starts with the modem sound. Exactly. Um, so I was... When I made that album, I was thinking way back, why did I start out playing around with computers? Because I remember in my room, I had like several computers. I set them up beside each other and then uh, I just connected everything. And I, I worked on, I actually like built my own computers quite early on. I was fortunate to have like a delivery guy uh, in the family. <laughs> so he all, <laughs> always asked like, hey, can, can I... <laughs> You know, you want to throw that computer away, but um, can I have it? Because my cousin wants it. Okay. So I knew what he said. Okay, oh yeah, for your cousin. Okay. So he always, he brought home like old computers that were like quite destroyed. From there, like I put things together and I, I started learning about the computers. And I was working with hardware, computer hardware quite early on. How did you learn to do it though? Uh, I actually learned myself. How though? Like it's crazy. <laughs> Try on error. <laughs> Because uh, I saw how things were connected, you know, screws and bolts, open up, computer, box. I don't know. Where did I learn it? I have no idea. Because, I mean, like, there's no YouTube. It's not like you could have been following YouTube tutorials. Like, you had to do this yourself. That's bonkers. Yeah, but I think I also had, like, friends who were, like, computer addicts who knew stuff who I learned from. But then I had, like, several old computers and had, like, computer parts in my room, like a shelf full of, like, old computer parts. Mm -hmm. It was heaven for me because I could just uh, experiment. And I, I learned everything from a few friends who were, like, programmers and knew everything about computers and how you configure the computer and so on I managed to to make things work so uh, I, I had like old computers when other people also had uh, newer computers mm-hmm. but I liked it because it was like old school and uh, that's how I like, started and, and I learned like how the file system in the computer worked and so on really nerdy stuff but it was so fun you have to have a special type of brain I think to do that I think I was a computer addict from the beginning. I had like a group of friends hanging out in my in my room, coming to visit me, and they we all sat on like on different computers playing different games. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like a typical, you know. It's like welcome in. <laughs> Here's like a computer for you, a computer for you, a computer for you. So it's, it was like old PC computers, really yeah, yeah. classic ones, uh, desktop uh, computers. But yeah, that was so fun. I mean, uh, it was. Also nerve-wracking sometimes when you, you know, your hard drive just was wiped. Uh, you, you don't know what happened. And, and you had like a bunch of songs that you had created that you saved on that hard drive. And it was like totally wiped. If, if I don't jump back to the album now, it's like out of memory. It's like, you know, the fear of not having enough memory <laughs> to run your programs. The problem you had, you had to wait a long time to you know, start everything up to just get started. So then I think the name came from that. Because I think about that sometimes. I went to film school and this was, I don't know, like 2001, 2002. And I remember it was crazy because I bought a hard drive that had 140 gigs on it. And that was obscene. Like I'd never heard of that much memory in one place. And it cost... 500 Canadian dollars. Literally now, I think the other day I bought a USB stick 
with that same amount of memory for like 30 bucks or something. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy, like just how much, and that's new. I mean, so I, I, I'm laughing when I just think about the idea of not having enough memory to run a program. And now when I do video editing, I do like a 40 minute episode of the YouTube version of beyond synth. And it's like a fucking 200 gigabyte folder full of like 4k footage and stuff. And that's that fucking hard drive I had in film school. Wouldn't have been able to hold one episode of (laughs) this fucking show. I make it's crazy. (laughs) Like every hard drive I buy now is like, it has to be a minimum of like four terabytes or why would I buy it? Like, what am I going to do with a one terabyte hard drive? Like what a joke. It's just fucking crazy. So, I mean, in, in the album Out of Memory, I used a lot of, like, uh, quote samples where people talking in uh, from different computer commercials and so on, very old ones. And the thing uh, I play with a little bit in humor in the album is, like, that it's so ab- absurd that, you know, things were so expensive and you got nothing before. Yeah. And now it's like you can get everything for nothing. So it's like the total opposite now. Think about v- video games, man, because before, I don't know if there's necessarily like regulation now but it seems like most new games are priced at a certain price no matter what store you go to you know in in canadian dollars anyways a new game is 69 79 i think they're 59 american for a playstation 4 game or an xbox game but back in the day i remember the prices were different in different stores like i would go to one store to buy a nintendo 64 game and it would be like a hundred dollars canadian and then another store it might be 89 dollars like there was no consistency super nintendo and regular Nintendo sometimes games would be like $89 it was it was $89 for Super Mario Brothers 3 yeah. and that game is what like 10 kilobytes or something like it's insane like when you think about what you actually bought yeah. it's crazy of course I mean there's a lot of work behind it but it's like when you think of like computer hardware uh, that was available at that time mm. uh, compared with what is available today for us it's so crazy when you think about it and a lot of like samples in my album is pointing that out like for megabytes of memory and they say that it's like I mean that's a sales pitch like you get four (laughs) megabytes of memory it's like what four megabytes but four megabytes that's nothing today I think of Silicon Valley and you know fight between Microsoft and Apple and all of these things went around in my mind when I created the album. I tried to highlight like the feeling of an industry growing very rapidly and tr- I tried to incorporate like the feeling of computers in, in the sound. I really enjoyed them making it. Well, let's listen to the uh, the titular Out of Memory track because this one's cool. Uh, this yeah. is Out of Memory by Salsa. <laughs>
And that was Out of Memory by Salsa. And I'm here with Salsa right now, Alexander, talking about old school computers and uh, the excitement of that fucking modem sound. You know, just like how <laughs> how that's burned into all like the kids these kids these days. Yes. I sound like an old man, but like, you know, <laughs> kids these days. they'll never know. Remember going on the Internet and like when it wouldn't connect and then you just sit there just hitting and it's like it does the sound and like oh couldn't connect and it would just you'd hit it again and like there were times that were bad to go on the internet like i remember that was a thing yes. it was like, like oh don't don't bother signing in at 6 p.m that's when the internet is busy you know you, you'll you'll have better success uh signing onto the internet at like 9 p.m or 10 p.m when people are sleeping and just like what like that was a thing the internet was busy like, fuck sakes. <laughs> At that time, you were used to have having some weight. You know, today, if you if something goes like, if it takes a couple of seconds, it's like, hey, this is slow. Mm-hmm. But then it's what's like, okay, we can wait a minute. And uh, after a minute, if it doesn't work, maybe we try again. You know, we, we had like a, a better tolerance for wait time. Yeah. And uh, also more understanding. We weren't like used to the technology, I mean, to internet and how it worked and so on. So we just took things for granted like okay so it's supposed to be like this you have to wait here and it's calling up the phone line and it's making a very weird sound it's like like okay and it's done now okay (laughs) is something happening okay am am i online now okay good like that's that was okay what is that sound I've never understood yeah. why it made that noise. Like, why is that the noise? The... Like, what was that? That's my impression, by the way. I'm not going to into the details of that. You have to Google it, okay? Google it. <laughs> <laughs> why is it... It's like the future now, where you can use Google. <laughs> I think it's a nostalgic sound. When I think about internet in the past, it's like, it's that sound I think about. Therefore, I used it as, as the intro. I mean, the sound before the song starts. What was uh, music school like? Was that your actual, like, education education, or were you also doing something else? So I wanted to go in, like, uh, working with electronics mm. uh, instead. But then uh, I was like too late applying for that school and I missed it. And I was like, okay, hey, I don't know what to do. And then uh, I thought about what, what's the other thing I like except for computers and, you know, electronics is like, okay, I like music. And uh, so I did that. Uh, and it was very fun, actually. Um, so in the music school, I had like my main instrument where I could choose what I want to uh, advance on. So it's like, okay, note writing is like a part of the education. So for me, it was piano. I early on like tested a lot of instruments and uh, I found the keyboard piano it was the thing that I liked the most. When I went to music school and I was still making shit to music at home, so it was very good for me because I, I learned new uh, chord progressions and uh, different ways of uh, making melodies, and I incorporated that into my shit tune uh, style. So if you listen to my music from the beginning, you can actually hear my development from how I'm 
made shit tunes from the beginning after 2000 and, and uh, 2002 and, and, and on it became more and more advanced the composition of my tracks uh, so it really helped me uh, going to music school and learning you know this is how music is written how difficult was it to apply it to trackers because don't trackers go like kind of up and down like isn't that how it works like it's sort of like the thing scrolls by yeah exactly it scrolls by so you learn something it's like rhythm uh, how you work with rhythms and music is built by rhythm you have like uh, a specific beat and you uh, roll with that in trackers you you learn how a song looks and you also learn how it sounds so it's uh, complicated but, but when you work when you work with trackers you like before you put down the notes you know by experience how it will sound right and you also you know your sample libraries you use so you know how you build it but also um, you learn when you when you know like chord progressions and so on you will use it in your tr- in new uh, tracks you make mm-hmm. And you realize that if you know these uh, chord progressions, you can play around with them, experiment, and then you can develop your melodies differently, depending on which chord you have. So I mean, I learned a lot of that from music school, actually. Uh, but before music school, I also I was already composing chip tune. So my early stuff were like pre music school. Right. So it's in, interesting for myself as well, like to go back, dig into my old, old stuff and to compare it with now. The, the cool thing with Sheep Tune also, just to add one thing, is that you have this these limitations uh, and the limitations makes you come up with better things. I, I think that because when you don't have as many options yes you have in a, like a sequencer where you can have like a hundred different instruments and you know you can you try to make something it helped me to be more creative and I think that's the charm with ship you mm-hmm. that you have limitations and you have to be really good at coming up with cool stuff with these limitations yeah 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 for sure man let's listen to some more music how about that yeah this song this is a cool song I, i dug this one a lot this is interconnected by salsa i honestly believe that just about everyone will have a computer or a computer terminal of some kind in their home we're going to see these units interconnected through telephone networks in fact we have that now where they can dial up large databases across the country and retrieve information, ask questions, get some answers.
And that was Interconnected by Salsa. Talking to Salsa right now. We're talking about chip tunes, computers. Do you like movies? Yeah, but only 80s old school movies. But I'm, I'm most into like TV shows or, you know, uh, Netflix. Mm. I think I watch less movies today than I, did, than I did before. Yeah, I think so too, actually. I never have time because for me, I need to focus when I watch films. I don't like watching movies for the first time with like the lights on and noise everywhere. Like, you know, I, I was I used to be like a nerd for movies. Like I need to be in a dark room. Yeah. You know, the sound has to be up and there can be no interruptions. And now the only way for me to really watch a movie like that is at like three in the morning. And usually I'm asleep at that point. So TV I find is easier because they're shorter. Like that's, <laughs> that's but they're also better. Like I think I, yeah. that actually TV shows every episode is like better than a full-length movie today sadly it's like that i mean it's specific movies star wars movies or <laughs> they give like extra production value but then i like the format of, of tv shows you know i like having like watching an episode and then go you know and you're building up something until the next episode comes out you know yeah it's a cool feeling and uh, like uh westworld that's the latest show that, that kind of stuff I, I like sci-fi stuff me too man i still gotta watch westworld i've only seen one episode i know i have to watch it there's all these shows that i have to watch but then as it builds and as more seasons get added i just feel the the weight of the commitment you know so it's 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 a lot easier for me to watch a show like uh, glow for example they're little half hour episodes you can pretty much watch the whole season in like one sitting whereas i know uh other shows it's sort of it's a time commitment even though i know i'm gonna like it you know what i mean mm-hmm. i like how with tv shows you really get to know the characters although saying that i do like superhero films <laughs> like i do i do like big movies with explosions and lasers and stuff yeah, yeah. but i find myself getting more like emotionally invested in tv storylines yeah i agree i like all the marvel stuff for some <laughs> i don't know why but it's it's easy i mean you don't have to go so deep into everything you can just enjoy there's a show that i haven't watched that people keep telling me to and i imagine maybe you have a more interest in uh in mr robot yeah i i love that one yeah see i gotta see that damn show i just figure because you're talking about computer stuff so i thought maybe that show would be like up your alley that's a perfect example of uh one show that were an inspiration for my album (laughs) for out of memory a computer hacker you follow him and you follow you know the society (laughs) it's it's very deep and it has a lot of nerdy nerdy stuff where you get like the the computer nostalgia that you need (laughs) that that you need (laughs) that you need you you need it (laughs) Even though you you're not like into computers, you you need it. You, yeah, <laughs> you won't you won't regret it. Okay, watch Mr. Robot now. I will for sure. Like, I, I, it seems like a cool show. Yeah, it, it is. So it's uh, quite dark, but it's. Um, I think it will be fitting listening to my album and then listening to and watching Mr. Robot. It will be like in the same same feeling. I don't mind dark shows necessarily because I almost feel like TV is the place now to get kind of more sophisticated stories. And I like that there's the budget there that, you know, you can actually watch like a science fiction TV show that has the budget of like a movie, but at the same time, it has the time to sort of flesh out kind of sophisticated ideas and just be more mature. Because I feel like a lot of the popcorn movies I watch, well, I mean, it's a stupid thing to say because they're popcorn movies, but I know I just feel like there was a time where there was like science fiction movies where you're like, hey, this was like 
a mature story and now everything kind of feels not necessarily family friendly because even like the Marvel movies like they're pretty violent and stuff like I wouldn't say it's like I would take a two year old to see them but they're definitely not super mature feeling like you definitely feel like it is sort of designed for all audiences and sometimes I like watching something that's specific yeah. you know where like where the audience where the target audience is actually specific and not everyone uh, I, I agree if you enjoy it if you if you're happy watching it it doesn't need to be I mean the best production ever it, if it serves its per its purpose right if you feel like fulfilled and you feel like yeah I'm happy now and uh, you know many many movies can give you that and even if they're like predictable and you know what's gonna happen you still you know you watch it and you enjoy what you get I mean, I'm thinking about rom-coms and stuff as well. You know what you're going to get, and, and you like it, because it gives you what you need. <laughs> I love this gives you what you need thing. Well, look, man, we can probably wrap this up. I would like to listen to another tr- song. I was going to say a track song, a strack. Uh, we'll listen to a, another track, and then maybe we can uh, wind this down. Yeah. So this was a cool one. I like this one. This was called Play. Yeah. And this one is cool because it's sort of got it's got this funky bass line that almost feels like it could be like in a Sonic game. But then there's a switch up at the chorus where like this this melody comes in and the song kind of switches gears. And I like it. It's it's a cool track, man. This is uh, "Play" by Salsa. <laughs> Oh, 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 
And that was Play by Salsa. I'm here with Salsa right now, talking about the computer hacking we need. Yeah. No, the, the, the computer nostalgia we need, not hacking. Exactly, computer nostalgia. We don't need a computer hacker here, please. No. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but I think what I wanted to do with like Out of Memory is like to bring bring the nostalgia I had have i have inside i want to bring that to other people and uh, also i think that i, I like uh, being creative and, and getting like nostalgia from stuff if i listen to something and it, it gives me some nostalgia value often i i feel like i want to create something myself i mean i want to like bring that to other people that okay so you listen to this album if you like it if it brings you like that nostalgia perhaps you can like be creative for the album i just try to like stay in the computer like almost like a history from the beginning to end to wrap everything up well you did a good job man because it's a it's a good album lots it's full of good tracks it gets the andy seal of approval cool i'm, I'm really happy with it and uh it was hard for me to like jump from the pure ship tune sound to to something new to take that step so this album is like the proof for me that like okay i i did it in a, I was I was proud I could make it and get the influences from synthwave and put it together with Shiptune, uh, the soul of Shiptune from my from my earlier releases, uh, and also to make something which both uh, is was really fun to do. So I'm, I'm very proud of it. I hope that people like it. I have upcoming stuff as well. I'm, I'm going in a, like a direction which is maybe less ship tune-ish as well. So I'm, I'm uh, excited on how that will turn out. <laughs> so uh, I don't have an album name yet, but I have uh, like eight songs ready now uh, and uh, I'm working on putting it together. Well, yeah, man. Well, look, it was good talking to you. And I, I look forward to hearing more of your music because uh, you make cool music and it makes me happy to listen to. And uh, yeah, I hope yeah. you have a lovely Swedish day. What are you clicking? Are you clicking over there with your mouse? Of course. I mean, uh, I a, <laughs> if I have a computer, I mean, what, I mean you, can, you can tell from our, like, our conversation that I'm like computer addict. Okay, yeah. so I'm, I'm trying... <laughs> I'm trying not to click anything, you know. I'm trying not to press. I even have like uh, my my synth in front of my computer right now, so I'm trying not to play on it, you know. I'm trying not yeah. to click on <laughs> the mouse, you know. It's it's hard. It's hard. It's a hard time. Well, it's okay, but, yeah. man, because we're we're done, so you can get back to to clicking and making music, which is what you uh, you, you should be doing. Yes, but I, I I really appreciate you taking time to for this interview and uh, for your uh, nice questions. <laughs> <laughs> no one's called my questions nice before they're really nice yeah that's a new one i've heard them referred to as bad but never nice so today's a good day for me too yes you should take that and be happy with yourself <laughs> <laughs> all right man listen it was awesome talking to you awesome thank you thank you very much Right, and that was my conversation with Salsa. So he's a cool guy, and, uh, and that album's good stuff. So uh, you should go check it out. You know, I put all the links to all the artists on the SoundCloud and uh, when the episodes get posted to YouTube so you can uh, check out everybody and go support their music. And uh, before I go, I'd like to just do a little quick shout-out to some lovely patrons. There's Kemson Games, Trevor Resnick, Tristan Waits, Blake Peterson... Power Loader, Robert Wolf, Greg Smith, Knight of Ducks, fucking slunks, 
Ashley Keegan, Playmaker Media, Martin Larrabee, Assy Dre, and with the 777, Skywolf, and the Ross Coney. And thanks, everybody, for uh, supporting the show. If you want to support the show like those awesome people, you can uh, check out beyondsynth.com and uh, click the donate button. Now, who's on the show next week? That's a very good question. I don't actually remember. <laughs> I like to just, like, just raise a question as if I had the answer, and I don't. I think next week's episode, let me just check. I think next week might be the Mizu Cat one. She's an artist, and uh, she does cool work, and so I think that is next week's show. What I really need is a producer, a secretary, and a shit ton more money. <laughs> anyway, have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. This has been another Chiptune special episode of Beyond Synth. And if you dig it, uh, we'll do some more, man, because there's lots of cool Chiptune artists that I'd like to uh, chat with. And it's always fun uh, listening to it. So have a lovely weekend, everybody. And I will catch you next time on Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. And sometimes, Chiptune chat show. Thanks for Thanks for listening to Beyond Synth. If you would like to support Beyond Synth, please visit patreon.com forward slash beyond synth. And don't forget to check out Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Instagram. If you want to submit your music for the show, please email it to beyondsynth at gmail.com. Have a lovely day.